This is Things That Really Matter, a podcast by global multidisciplinary engineers Kundal that is dedicated to creating new and innovative solutions for the built environment and driving the agenda towards a more sustainable future. Join us as we discuss the challenges and changes that affect the built environment around the world with the brightest minds in our industry. Hello and welcome to Things That Really Matter, a Kundal podcast. My name is Robert Turner. I'm a partner at Kundal in Manchester and I'm uh, delighted uh, to welcome my guest today, who is uh, Sid Williams. So Sid uh, is co-founder and director of Embassy, uh, the charity. So uh, Kundal are delighted to be assisting Sid with a new project in Manchester called Embassy Village. We're just going to talk a little bit about uh, Sid's background and uh, the history of Embassy before moving on to explaining a little bit about how Kundalini are assisting with this project. So, hi Sid. Hi Rob, um, thanks for having me in. No, thank you very much for um, spending the time to come and chat to us about this really interesting uh, project. So, um, just to start things off really, can you just fill us in on a bit of background about Embassy, the what, charity, and how it? yeah how you ended up sat <laughs> yeah, here sure. chatting to us content. about this. Of course I can, yeah. Uh, so, Many years ago, I was a youth worker, actually, and uh, one of the things that I did was I, I sort of built a fleet of double-decker buses, which we converted into sort of fun youth centres, and had we had five of them in the end. And uh, we used to go out and work with kids on poor, poorer estates, and and it was good. And I guess I learned a bit about how to use buses for things they were never really designed for. <laughs> we used to put, like, uh, tube slides through both floors and climbing walls and all sorts of... It was good. Uh, and then... Um, but I did youth work for 14 years. And when I was uh, much younger than I am now, when I was 18, uh, I felt God say to me, I need to work with homeless people as well as young people. And I thought, oh, that's a bit that I haven't done a lot of. I'd volunteered with charities in Manchester, some brilliant charities out there doing some fantastic work, especially feeding people on the street and trying to help people into council accommodation. But um, it became abundantly apparent to me there was very, very little in the way of uh, actual... Uh, beds for people to stay in emergency bedding, you know, shelters. Yeah. That's improved significantly with Andy Burnham turning up. Um, but before a bed every night, um, I found 54 beds <laughs> in uh, in Greater Manchester. And that was disturbing because uh, there were hundreds of people on the street. And so it, was a, it wasn't even my idea. I won't take credit for it. It was my best friend, a guy called Alex. He used to be in a band, rock band, that toured all around Europe. And so he knew a bit about touring. And he was, mate, he was like, mate, you know you know about buses and you did, did you realize that a tour bus is basically a homeless shelter on wheels? Just doesn't, just a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bing, light bulb yeah. moment. And, uh, I left my job, uh, managed to get some money off my auntie. And I met Tim Heatley once, uh, from Capital Centric and he there. And then he was like, right, I'm going to give you the money you need. So between my auntie and Tim, uh, we bought, uh, the first bus, which was, uh, it, it had been Coldplay's tour bus and Tiny Temper and a few others. I only really mentioned that just so you get an idea that it was quality. It yeah, wasn't some... history there as well. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. A, a rubbish NAF bus. It yeah. was it was quite expensive and I didn't have the money when I agreed to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so they didn't know that. No, yeah. yeah, they didn't know that, so it was okay. And then uh, by the time I came to buy it, thankfully God had provided <laughs> this bus. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, and it was great. And then I had to had to employ four people full time, uh, which was a bit risky because I had about seven grand left to my name at that point. <laughs> but uh, again, it worked out, and um, we began sleeping homeless guys, twelve at a time, on our tour bus, and it was great. Like we didn't need planning permission because it was on wheels, mobile, and yeah. it could go to the beach on a weekend and. Uh, and it had like, you know, he had a, a full a sort of dining area, little kitchen, toilets, big hold for all people's junk. And then uh, upstairs, 12 beds and still room for a little surround sound cinema with deeply inappropriate champagne for yeah. it. It was great fun. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so like a self-supporting all-in-one. Oh, totally. Mobile. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was, well, sort of. We parked up with a lovely charity called Manchester City Mission. Okay. And we cooked together and they often, to be honest, did most of the cooking. But I, then I got good at, finding food from shops. So it was a partnership, really. Yeah. Um, they had a car park. So <laughs> that was helpful. Uh, yeah. And so, and I think we've always gone on like that. There's been a need for partnership with other charities, but also with companies, including Cundles, of course. Um, and so, yeah, so we began for bus and that was, that was actually going quite well as a shelter. We, was, we were having some really good results with that. Um, and then uh, it sort of dawned on us <laughs> We did do some research beforehand, but you, there's some things you learn as you go along. And we realized that the average amount of time that especially men spend in shelters, if they're, if they're able-bodied, it's about five and a half years wait uh, for a council place. So that's, that's quite a lot of life lost and a lot of confidence goes in that time. Yeah. Um, and so we began thinking, oh, we're fond of some of these guys, but I don't want them to be on my bus in half a decade's time. You know, it's just uh, it's no long-term solution, is it? No, definitely not. Um, and so uh, we began doing a horrible amount of business networking and mm. went to all sorts of different networking groups um, and ended up with what, what is now 21 companies who partner with us to employ our guys full-time. Um, and so at the time, we naively thought, if we can get these guys into a full-time job, and help them save up first month's rent and, de and deposit, you know, land, private landlords will take them and brilliant. You know, we can take people off the council housing waiting list and they won't need benefits and yeah. fantastic. Win for everyone. <laughs> and then, of course, private landlords are like, what, you want to send me some guys from a homeless shelter? Mm. Oh, I'm not sure about that. So we worked out there's only one in 25 landlords were willing to give them a go. Um, and it always worked when they did, but there was that fear involved with taking someone from the street, which I kind of understood. Mm. Um, but it was frustrating because at one point we had pretty much, I think we had near enough everyone on the bus in a job except for one guy who was at college learning English. And I just thought, oh, how many homeless shelters have guys that we've managed to get them all into work? Mm, you know? All in employment, yeah. Yeah, and some of them spent their money on ridiculous things, but most of them were making good effort to save up. And you think, ah, oh, I feel for these guys because they're in a difficult circumstance having the best go at this, mm. but people aren't willing to house them. So again, it was Tim Heatley who said to me, Sid, I'm oh, sorry to break it to you, but you're going to have to become a, a landlord and housing provider. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure I want Sounds to. Sounds scary. It yeah. did, yeah. And then he introduced me to James Whitaker at Peel Holdings, who I know you guys work with. And um, anyway, James had a plot of land um, kind of just on the edge of Castlefield and Hume, um, uh, just, near, just, just near the end of the Mancunian Way. And he said, look, we got this acre and a half of land. It's kind of under railway arches. Not entirely sure what to do with it, but we would love to use that asset to help the homeless. So they gave us a 125-year lease and said, can you draw us what you would do with it? 
I had to pinch myself. This was yeah. like, what an opportunity. Time to wake up. Kind of I know, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, I need to. So I drew them just like, well, I would want a load of housing, obviously. And I'd love a, like a, a place. We ended up calling it the village hall where we'd, yes, we'd have offices, but we'd have a training kitchen and we could uh, gather everyone to to watch films and watch England lose the football and eat yeah, together. And, things like that. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Just kind of community just normal stuff. Yeah. yeah. Community stuff, but also training, teaching people to budget and how to run a home, kind of a mix of practical stuff as well. And, um, so anyway, I, I wasn't sure they'd say yes, but they said, yeah, go on then let's see what we can do. So, uh, an amazing team of, it's about 25 companies, including Cundles mm. so far have come together pro bono to help us Initially, it was to get to planning, so we needed a design that would get to planning. And I worked out that we'd saved about £300,000 just getting to planning, which I didn't have. So yes. <laughs> good job too, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then we got planning, and it was like, woohoo! We had a little party. It was the first thing we did after lockdown, is we sort of had That's a celebration. Like when they get planning for something, yeah, everyone goes yeah. down. So we had a party, and, I, and it was weird because there was 57 people there, and I'd only met five of them in real life because of COVID, so it was weird. Uh, so we had that party, and then afterwards, I was like... Yeah, oh, we do still need millions of pounds to build this thing. So uh, the party was over, and uh, and then thankfully we did a little news item. I think it was, I think it was ITV. I can't remember six o'clock news thing. And um, Matt and Jody Moulding, who own the Hut Group, happened to be watching. Thankfully, uh, and they saw that and they were like, oh. That's really cool. We'd like to get involved with that. But no one watches telly with a pen and paper ready to take notes. Yeah. So they didn't remember the name of the charity or what okay. have you. Uh, so time goes past and it's just in the back of their heads. And I guess they're busy people. So, and they, they'd started a, a trust called the um, Molding Foundation. And um, they were looking for first charities to support. And normally, if you're applying for funding as a charity, it's you and many other charities applying yeah. for it. But no one knew they existed. So they were sort of twiddling their thumbs and going, well, we need to find someone to apply to us. <laughs> so kind of like a, the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. It's never happened this yeah. way around ever in my history of working in charity. So um, anyway, they contacted me eventually. And I think they'd been to see another charity that I used to work at. Okay. And they funded like a community community supermarket they're doing. Brilliant initiative. Um, and then they just happened to say to Andy, the CEO, they're like, you don't happen to know the guy who's trying to build some homes under some arches. He went, that can only be my mate Sid. So yeah. it's one of those wonderful sort of everything lined up. And uh, had a call with them. Uh, and it wasn't quite as simple as that. There was about six months, six months of back and forth and figuring things out. Um, but yeah, they went for it. And they said, oh, well, at the, at the time we needed three million pounds. And they said, yeah, we'll give you three million. It was unreal. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a phone call with them and uh, they just said it so matter of fact. Mm. And uh, my wife burst into tears, my co-founder Tess. She just burst into tears. I'm so glad she did because I was just so kind of like, it just didn't seem real. I just went, oh, thanks. <laughs> Yours was a more glazed look and oh, she was in tears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that was cool. And then, um, and then uh, Vladimir Putin... Uh, had his awful war in Ukraine and uh, that pushed the price of steel up. It doubled um, and uh, many other cost of materials went up as well. Mm. It's not the worst of his crimes, but still frustrating. And uh, it added about a million pounds to our build. Okay. So I had to go back to the funders with my tail between my legs and go, uh, can I have another million pounds? <laughs> <laughs> so they said, well, we're committed to a lot of other things, but they, they stretched another half a million as you know, which is not insignificant amount. No. Uh, so that was cool. And that's still where we're at, really. We've got 
three and a half million to do a four million pound build. Okay. But because of the help of companies, including yourselves, that we're, we're sort of trying to narrow that down in savings, you know, yeah. um, and we are going out to other companies and saying, could you help us with building materials? Um, yeah, I've seen your big long list of things that people have donated, yep. yeah. which ranges from block work to... Yeah, Crown are doing all the paint, for example. Paint. Cheshire Scaffold's doing all the scaffolding for a charge. There's a lot of kindness. Like yeah, that. there is, yeah. Um, I still don't know <laughs> what it adds up to because we haven't finished all the architectural designs. Quantity surveyors haven't had a chance to go, it's this many block and it's this type yeah. of materials. But And it, it's interesting as well. So we... <laughs> I think it was kind of November time that I got a call to ask would we like to be involved and support. And obviously we, you know, we took one look at um, the kind of wider group of businesses and we knew about the charity through probably the bus originally. Right, right. Um, and we were delighted to help. And um, acoustics being an interesting one when you're building uh, essentially, <laughs> essentially residential units under a railway. So yes, uh, we've had yeah, some yeah. challenges, but... Um, <laughs> not an easy job for you, was it? Not straightforward <laughs> now. Um, but then the interesting thing is you've managed to source all these things from all these parties in terms yeah. of building materials. Yeah. But then there is still that kind of due process to go through in terms of people asking you. Uh, I've sat laughing when I've seen certain emails and... But, between us, we're trying to put a specification to some blocks that someone's giving you out the goodness of, you know, yeah. their own heart. So, <laughs> and I've naively the, accepted them. And, yeah, <laughs> yes. you take, take anything. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's really, it, it's really kind of uplifting project for us to be involved with because it's Great. like a collective kind of will, if you like, from yeah. lots of parties involved yeah, that are just amazing. trying to make this thing happen. Um, it is a team effort. And that's one of the humbling things about it. It's not my project. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. It, 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 I've got I've got a team as well. Busy, you know. Currently, with, uh, they're working in shared houses, you know, and we're we're leasing properties off private landlords. The village is going to half our costs in terms of housing per person. You know. Okay. So we'll be able to look after four times the number of people we do now. Yeah. Double the price, which is amazing. Yeah. And so it, what's uh, what's the kind of numbers then, just for the the listeners? So. It, numbers of what, sorry? Of the, um, how many uh, people you'll be able to accommodate sure. and how long people will stay and all, all that. Yeah, kind of sorry, stuff. I didn't yeah. even touch on any of that. So the, so the village will accommodate 40 men. Uh, we don't mix men and women. We are working with women, but we don't mix men and women for reasons that probably are obvious. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it will house 40 chaps. They have their own front door. At the moment, they're just, we're in shared houses, you know, yeah. HMOs that we've got. And it's okay. And you kind of got, you know, our biggest one has five guys in it. You have to say, oh, do you mind not cooking while I teach so-and-so how to cook? Yeah, you know, because yeah. we, <laughs> we do six and a half hours a week per person of teaching people to shop, cook. Budget is the big one, really. Okay. Uh, and then it's a live practice run at managing home. And for a lot of our guys, if they've come out of the armed forces or the care system, maybe prison, or maybe they're from another country, or maybe actually just their mum or their girlfriend or their wife used to do everything. Mm. <laughs> for a lot of them, it's just, First time they've Top managed youth. a home, yeah, and yeah. finances. They seem to have that in common. A lot of them are not great at finances. So we do somewhere between coaching and parenting, depending on the individual. Uh, but what's amazing is we're seeing people who the council will send to us and go, I don't think this person's ever going to really get a job and 
run their own home, but if you want to try, and then mm. we get them into full-time work and they're shopping, cooking, budgeting, managing things, growing in confidence. So some of those guys that we were told that we are taking, we've got a group of seven going out to Kenya to go help build a, a school in a slum right. uh, in yeah. two weeks' time. Amazing. Some so of them have been on a plane before, you know, or left Manchester. Mm. And so we that cost me money as well, <laughs> which we have to fundraise every time. But the value of it is incredible, you know. Um, and so I, for me, that's where the joy is, is seeing yeah. people who, it's not just me going, I reckon you can do this. I have to convince them they reckon they can do that yeah. in the first place. Because people come to us with this much kind of confidence and hope and aspiration. And we have to sort of gently go, I reckon you can do more than that. Take them on a journey. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so it's a privilege and um, it's not always easy. No. <laughs> but... We are seeing, what's remarkable is the current system, if you take people from shelters and put them in council housing, which a lot of people are doing that, lots of charities try and focus on that. Not only is there that average five and a half year wait, which doesn't do people's mental health much good, um, it's still a 50% fail rate once people are housed. So what we mean by that is half of people choose to go back to the street because they are so overwhelmed by the responsibility of managing a home for the first time. And they are lonely because they're sat there doing nothing. Mm. Whereas our guys, we've never had anyone choose to go back to the street, even once they've moved on from us. Yeah. Um, we've moved uh, 47 chaps on now. Only two have gone to council housing. So that's good news for the council. <laughs> yeah. But it also means that we're primarily seeing people into full-time work. So they're not at home doing nothing bored. And they've had a go at running a home with us and made some fantastic mistakes. <laughs> One guy who I won't name just in case for some reason he finds this. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, we, got, we helped him get on his feet, helped him get into work. First paycheck buys a drum kit. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't pay his rent. <laughs> so in What's another drum kit. Oh, it was a cool drum kit. He had to take it back to the club. <laughs> uh, there was also, but then, but then he's gone and he's found a band to go play with and got an electric drum kit with headphones. So that's good. Um, there's another guy who didn't pay his rent for the first three months. Lovely guy. Did all the budgeting training as well. So there was a bit of a disconnect between theory and real life. Yeah. Uh, again, couldn't pay his rent for the first three months. And we said, oh, you know, let's call him Mark because he wasn't called Mark. He said, oh, Mark, what happened? And he's like, well, the thing is, I bought this Apple laptop and some awesome trainers. And I was like, those are some awesome trainers. You're not wrong. However, <laughs> there's a bit of a you problem. If about I, this. Yeah, if, <laughs> if I was a regular landlord... I'd be kicking you out now. And she's like, no, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> so yeah. then, that's a real thing, yeah. Yeah, so we did the training again. You can do it again, aren't you? Yeah, okay, okay. Did the, but to be fair to him, months four to six, he pays his rent in full and on time. And he's really pleased with himself as yeah. well, which was lovely. So then sat down with him and we were like, have you heard of a word called arrears? And he's like, no, what is it? It's like, stop smiling. Um, <laughs> it's where, it's it's where you still owe me. Yeah. Do you remember? He's like, no. Like, yeah, how do you not know this? So... <laughs> I said to him, look, because you're doing well and the habits you're in is what I'm actually interested in. And because I'm a not-for-profit anyway, let's forget about it. You know, So that's the privilege we have, yeah. is that really it's about what is the outcome in the person's life? And then we got him full-time job and he's now living in his own place and renting and his employers are really pleased with him. In fact, he's done so well that we've got another chap. They said, send us more people. So we've got another guy who's still living with us, now working there. A guy who hadn't worked for 22 years. Um you know, so it's that yeah, kind of, you know, it's, that's it's a fulfillment. Double, double Tree Boy Hilton yeah. in, in the town centre. Lovely guys. And they're yeah. one of many employers who are willing to take a risk on some of these guys. Yeah. Um, and yet they're proving to be 
you know, loyal, hardworking guys who yeah, are grateful for a job. So they yeah. don't flit around, they stay. So, And that's where you guys come in because you facilitate yeah. that movement from off the street yeah. to employment and then hopefully yeah. permanent yeah. housing. Yeah, exactly. And depending on the individual, I mean, flipping out. I've got one employee, Cyprian, who's Kenyan and uh, he's got this incredible work ethic, actually. And he will literally get up early, go and get our guys out of bed, have breakfast with them, get the bus together to work, do a full day's work with them, come home with them, have dinner with them, and then go home. Right. And do, he did that for one guy three days on the trot. Okay. Uh, just to help them get their feet under the table, mm. you know, that first get feeling. Get them into it, yeah. So it's quite intensive, but I'd rather put a lot of work into a few people and not have to do it again in six months' time, you know, see yeah. them succeed. So, yeah, it's 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 working. It's uh, And so the village that you're working on with us is going to allow us to upscale that. Um, yeah, it's kind of the next step in, in your journey as a, yeah. a, as a charity and what you can deliver. So, yeah. and it's not, I guess some people listening might be thinking it's, it's kind of a bed for a night. Um, because no. that's Andy Burnham's done that's Andy an Burnham. amazing job and he has. It, he trying has. to get people off the street temporarily but this is longer term so. that's right yeah there, is, there are really a lot of it's to do with Andy Burnham's influence there are now so many more bed spaces for kind of what you'd think of as a shelter uh, where you, you know and some of them are you just turn up and some of them once you're in you're in as long as you don't disappear sort of thing however there is very little next step sort yeah. of move on so I'm sure many lives have been saved in the very cold, you know, when it was minus 10 and all that. But um, people are still, are kind of, it's a holding pen in many ways. It's like we've we've got lots of travel agents, no holiday destination is, is what it's like. So the council in Manchester and in Salford, they've been really positive towards the MC Village and to, you know, separately, if there's time, I'll mention we're doing a project hopefully mm. in Salford next for women um, to grow our to grow our kind of our offering to the to the to the Greater Manchester area. But um, yeah, I think for for me, it's it's that ability to to take someone and actually cut out the shelter middleman altogether. That five yeah. and a half years wait. Why, why do That's, we need that at all? Let's take... So now we're taking guys straight from the street or sometimes from a shelter, but they've not been there long. And so we interview people and if we think they're right and they think we're right for them, because there is a certain kind of... There's a program, there's six and a half hours a week, which isn't a lot really of compulsory training. Okay. And then there's lots of other stuff. We build optional stuff, you know, things like football that we do every week, that's optional. Going out planting trees, that's optional. Prayer and Bible study, optional, you know. Yeah. Some of our guys are from other faiths or whatever. Well, actually, some of them, they're curious, but the things that's compulsory, I don't think it's a big ask. It's no. just budgeting, shopping, Life skills. Cooking. Yeah, the yeah. stuff, the building blocks for managing a, a life, really. Um, but yeah, we're so excited about the village because it will allow us to... A lot of, I mean, say you became homeless, Robin, you spend five years in a shelter with lots of other guys that you're not sure if you trust, or... We'll be able to take you and give you your own front door mm. and your own home to practice Must be managing. Very symbolic that having a key yeah. to your yeah. own door. Um, yeah, it's huge for people psychologically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of timescales, then um, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned the, the slight detail of half a million pounds that you're still trying to raise, but yeah, in an ideal yeah. world that did set us back a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, well, obviously, as soon as possible is a bit of a vague answer. I th we're hoping to be on site and doing work, I guess, beginning groundworks in about September. That would be amazing if we could do that. Yeah. Um, 
I know. So some belt rentals, for example, said we'll lend you all the plant hire and fencing and welfare units, the whole lot, you know. And yeah. so we're talking with Russells, who are going to be our principal contractor. Yep. And so, and then obviously they'll work with their subcontractors. And we're looking maybe for a groundworks contractor to come in and help us do some early works. We're just keen to get going. And really. Are you still looking for that groundworks contractor or is that... Uh, we're in discussion resources? with one that I don't know if I'm supposed to mention them or not okay. at this point. But uh, yeah, no, it's not landed per se. Um, and th this is the thing. There may be people watching who go, oh, well, our company would like to get involved in a bit of a DIY SOS kind of, can we do it at cost or at a friendly rate? Or yeah. Same with materials. Whilst we've got lots of lovely offers, certainly we haven't got everything boxed off with... Anyone watching who goes, yeah, we could provide materials or a service in the con in the construction process. Yeah, that was to hear from. That was my next question, really. So Sorry, it, I've preempted it. No, it, <laughs> it it was just really a question. This is, I suppose, the moment to just tell people how they can help or how they might yeah. be able to get in touch. You know, and it could be, we could be talking about help with the construction, but we could there might well be listeners who are just thinking it sounds a really worthwhile cause. How can I donate or how oh, can I yeah. spare some time? So what's the best yeah. way of okay. getting involved? <laughs> that's great. To me, that's like a red rag to a bull. Right. I'm yeah. gonna, I know what to say. <laughs> um, well, I get uh, cold hard cash is always welcome because we've got that deficit to to find. Yeah. Um, and people might want to fund the tangible build or they may be more interested in uh, helping us with our cost of we've got to double our staff to, to 12 of us yeah, yeah to run it um so if that appeals that's amazing because uh, not a lot of we find a lot of people are like well no, i want something tangible i can get a photo of not not many companies and want to fund salaries but actually that's mission critical okay. um also uh yeah materials building if you have particular can provide building materials of any kind, it's worth getting in touch because chances are either the architects or the landscape it. designers yeah. will go, yeah, we could use that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then uh, what else? I guess it's um, I mean, even private, personal individuals still make up uh, the biggest bulk of our income, you right. know. So uh, we don't rely very heavily on rent at the moment. It's kind of, it's less than 10% of our income. And then about 30% is corporates. So we've got companies go, you know what? We'll journey with you for a hundred pound a month or what have you. And we'll, that's amazing. Cause some companies go, we'll do a big one off thing and then you're back to square one. But I love meeting the middle-sized companies with 10 to 200 staff uh, because they tend to go, we don't have a whole department for kind of corporate social responsibility or what have you, but but we'd love to get behind a charity and journey. Yeah, and just and go so, along with you. Yeah, yeah. so that's really valuable to me because there's a bit of forecast. I, mean, I used to run business. Mm. <laughs> it's forecastable income is always good, right? Um, but people journey with us and I, we're small enough that I still have time to go for a pint or a coffee every now and then with the companies that support us regularly, you know, yeah. to catch up. and Which is important. Yeah. Or go through those relationships along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's that team effort thing. And then I guess the other one is introduction. Sometimes people go, oh, Sid, we're giving you £100 a month and that's quite a lot for us as a little company. Is there anything else we can do? And uh, if they're not builders or what have you, I tend to go, could you introduce me to someone? So yeah. uh, like the Lowry Hotel very kindly say, whenever you want, Sid, we'll do a meal, for sit down, three-course meal, lunch time for 15 people, and you bring people to the table, which is really generous, mm. you know, so five-star hotel, so good lunch. <laughs> uh, and then I tend to bring a few people who are already supporting us, 
and say, just bring a couple of people with you who might be interested. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, worst case scenario, people get a really nice lunch, but it tends to be that then people go, all right, if, if so-and-so is doing it, I'll yeah. do it. And that, that would be great as well. And people... I guess really taking it back to what we said at the start, that's kind of how this whole thing it started, is started really, isn't it? Yeah. A bit of networking. It's networking. amazing how far that's gone. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose the other thing is employment. We're always looking for more employers. Um, we have more employers than guys that we're housing, but of course not all those employers have a job opening right now. So, yeah. and when we've got 40 guys in the village, I'll definitely need more. So you'll need just a bigger pool. Of yeah. Employers. Yeah. A nice yeah. range of different employers. That'd be amazing. Some of our employers found it incredibly rewarding. Um, and then just a throwaway thing. If anyone's watching going, that's amazing. What about the women? We are looking to build, um, some homes in Salford specifically for women. It won't be a big, well-publicised, everyone knows where it is, village, because about half of homeless women are fleeing someone abusive. Okay. So it's not appropriate to say, here it is, with a big, big shiny light over the top of it. But we're doing smaller builds, little two-beds, that sort of thing. And again, we're we're kind of reaching out and we've got an architect again, pro bono on that, and we've got um, QS pro bono on that, and we've got a construction company Morris and Spottiswood they're saying they're going to make a loss on it but they okay. really want to help so there's some lovely people out there but we still need support on, on those things as well yeah okay um, and there'll be you know like you say the, there's a, a an almost endless list of other uh, consultants architects landscapers who are helping deliver yes. this project we we will we'll try and tag those in social media yeah brilliant you um having to list them all out now. Just one last thing, really. The websites, where Web, people find that info. Yeah, good shout. Website is embassyvillage.co.uk and uh, it's got some lovely CGI images that uh, our studio did, again, for free. It's really kind of them. Uh, and it gives you a great idea of what it'll look like. So mm. it gives you a bit of a feel for it and you'll be able to see exactly where it is. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, and that's a proper construction project and it is a proper project yeah it's not just a few, <laughs> uh, you know it's not a i suppose what i mean by that it's not like a temporary thing that yeah sure like it's um you know not not part of the fabric of manchester which it, it will sure onto. yeah um yeah know. we've got a 125 year lease so it's we're we're going for traditional yeah. block work build rather than anything once upon a time we were talking do we need shipping containers to make it cheap but as we've gone on and all the support has come in and we've gone no actually let's, we can, we've got the opportunity to do this properly you know so yeah traditional yeah. build yeah. yeah very good well thank you very much thank you Rob Sid for spending the time again yeah um, hope that's been uh, insightful uh, for the listeners it's, it's a great project for us to be involved with and Kundal are really pleased to be supporting it so thank you very much thank you um, and just to say i'm very grateful to Kundal's doing all our acoustics work so uh thank you very much thank you this is a podcast by Kundal. we're a carbon neutral business committed to achieving zero carbon design on all our projects by 2030 to work with us and help us achieve our goals visit Kundal.com.